0: What is happening ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Have A Chat with Ray and Stat, I am Ray, in the corner over there is Stat, sure. that's not Stat, there he is, what's Good happening mate. brother? Much about you. Living the dream mate. Now you're a liar. Always, <laughs> always. Passive liar. It's always always a dream,
1: But it's always a shambles. <laughs> it's a fair call. Next to
0: me is Goose, what's going on brother? <laughs> I'm doing alright,
2: thank you for asking. Well, you, it's like he's never asked you before? Huh? It's like he's never asked you before? No, I always say I'm good and no one's asked, so I had to... He's oh, yeah, always you. awkward with those intros for some reason. Yeah, he's awkward in general. Right? Yeah, it's
0: fair, fair enough. enough. Ladies and gents, subscribe. If you do that, YouTube's nice. Thank you. Introducing our guest who's already been ruined because Joseph can't switch on a switcher, Davo. Hello. Hello, brother. Fantastic. Thank you for saying yes to this. You're welcome. Again, I don't know. again I, why did you say yes to this?
3: I have no idea yes.
0: <laughs> There wasn't even a question I walked up to him on Friday I go Would you do mine and stats podcast? He goes Yeah alright That was it
3: You know previously I thought about it And I go no I don't want to do it Why? I don't want to be
0: I want to be
1: mm-hmm. That's convicting
0: That's very good So are we, are we wannabes? No So what changed your mind then?
3: The mood I was in at the time,
0: nice, and you couldn't uh, perfect timing. See, <laughs> how good's that? Dave was talking about a road rage in just incident. I was like, I've got him in the perfect spot, Dave. jump on the potty. If
1: that was me, I would have been like, I've just told you my road rage incident. Why am I, I not going on about doing <laughs> a podcast? Absolutely not. It's
2: like, I don't know what I'm more mad about the road rage or the question. Yeah, That's it's being on a podcast. <laughs> I agree, but they've suckered you into beauty, mate. Right? Yeah,
1: Welcome, indeed.
3: good to have you on. And and can I just say with regards to road rage I've calmed down a
0: lot. Have you? Yeah. I don't know if I believe you, bro. No, no, I have. I still think that you're you're pretty bad though.
3: No. No, I am um, I try and I try and be an example to my kids. So. so
0: they've changed you there? Yeah. Interesting. Any road rage incidents this week? No. Cuz it happens to you more than anyone I know.
3: Yeah, it's, um, I, I honestly believe this. I believe this with all my heart that, first of all, every Thursday is unbelievable like traffic. Mm. Like, it is, like tomorrow is going to be a nightmare. I'll get up, I'll get in the car, I'll start driving, and I'll think, what is going on? And it won't be until about 10 minutes into the trip that I'll be astounded by the, the, the silliness or the stupidity of some people driving. I'm going, how, how are so many dopes on the road? And then it will hit me, it's Thursday.
0: And you think it's because of uh, boys' meeting or yeah, Bible study? 100%.
3: Observing? No, no, I believe with all my heart it's because
0: of boys' meeting.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I also believe that it happens to me more than others. I think that's my driving style. So this is... All right, this is my analysis. I'm a deep thinker, really. Okay, here we go. I drive at the perfect speed for people not to expect me to be there. What? So they look over their shoulder or they check on their left, they look in the mirror and they don't see anyone. Okay. But they don't change lanes straight away. I happen to come through. At that point they think, oh, I'll change lanes now and I checked like a few seconds ago and there was no one there. So they either cut me off or I'll beep them and then they'll get angry at me like I didn't check. So I think my driving style just manages to attract angry
2: people.
0: I'm very confused by that. I don't know what happened there.
2: You know, Dave, me and Nathaniel were convinced that there's a um, there's a black market site to Uber where people get paid yeah, agreed. To, to annoy us on the road, like cut us off, drive extremely so like they'll speed up they'll speed they'll do like 100 k's to get in front and then they'll drop down to 10.
1: yeah agreed <laughs> like we're, we're talking every day over time we're talking 12 and a half double time we're talking six look, figure salaries we're can talking I, that's can their
2: I, only job can I say they this. pay off houses with this job Yeah, approved.
3: It, <laughs> look can i can i say something i think without without meaning to be racist <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm loving it already. You know that this is gonna be good. Okay, <laughs> it's
3: the people that drive Ubers that it seems like they're all working together. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying.
0: You know they have Uber meetups. Like they will all meet at one spot and they hang out. Your dad up? still drive Uber? Yeah. I thought he finished. Buys himself a. Does he smell funny when he comes back from those meetings, <laughs> <laughs> bro? He buys himself a brand new Ute. And he uses that for Uber, and he says everyone that he picks up is absolutely shocked by how nice the car is. I go, it's because you're driving a brand new U as an Uber car.
2: You know, Dave. um, There's Uber. There's also Uber Eats. Uber Eats. They tend to ride bikes. Now I get very confused with the road rules because I'm told that people on bikes are not allowed to ride on the footpaths. So that's why they they annoy us on the roads. That's
3: technically law. So, if you're riding, like if kids are riding in the neighborhood, I think they can ride on the. Footpath. You,
0: I, I think are a driver tester. How don't you know the
2: road rules? Well, they don't drive. My applicants don't drive on the footpath. <laughs>
3: <Fair enough>. <laughs> 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 you know what? Touché.
1: Fair enough. Also, I
3: don't think you're allowed on the footpath <laughs> in shopping centers or, or like yeah. high traffic. Areas.
2: I, I, I think the footpath is more um, uh, in in busy areas or more like uh, shopping strips. Yep. So, in saying that. You know, obviously we drive on the roads and these 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 great people drive their bikes in front of us. Yeah, part of the Uber Black, whatever you want to call it, getting paid top dollar. Yeah, yeah. But Big then one. when I'm walking, um, this happened at Ojana Punchbowl, so if you guys can envision the footpath, they're pretty busy. Um, they ring their dumb little bells at me to get off the footpath so they can ride their bikes. So they go off the road after annoying me and go on the footpath to annoy me even more. And I heard that's illegal, but they didn't care.
1: But I also heard that's how they get their six-figure salaries, because they're just—they're very annoying. They've got to pay off the houses. (laughs) Well, I mean, agreed. I just think it's perfectly. In the the worst moods I'm in, or I'm having the worst attitude for whatever reason, it's—it's at that time. It can't be
2: a coincidence. No, no, not a coincidence. It's it's impossible. Yeah, it's possible. It happens too often to be a coincidence. Tell them about my street on Fridays.
1: So, to head to... So, I cut through Bankstown. Kind of cut through Bankstown to get a, like go the long way, go to power. I, I, I love the long way. For me, it's the normal way. Okay. But I cut through. It won't take highway. Friday, so every day, day is fine. But Fridays is obviously bin day. Not, that's not the point of the matter. Every day, one day in the week, it's got to be bin day, right? It's not, it's not the issue. But the issue I have with the fact that it's bin day is the truck won't do enough to stay on the left-hand side for me to cut through. Yep. They're just you and <laughs> They just stay in the middle all the time. And I, and I think to myself, like, why Why not? Like, Have you busy? i Like, move to the left a bit. They'll never move. The second you got to cut around, they've cut back in this way. I had Goose watching me from the I called him, I go, Goose, please watch this. This is top, <laughs> well, you top watch from your house. <laughs> this is top,
2: we're talking 12 figure salaries. Watch this. So Dave, the best thing about this isn't the fact that he's stuck behind the garbage truck. It's that the garbage truck is stuck behind the concrete truck that's pouring concrete in the middle of the road next door to my house. So I come out on the balcony and recording this guy for ten minutes, laughing at him. I can't move. I I think
1: the traffic is on Woodville Road was gonna be through Regis' Park. But the real traffic is his house.
3: So did the garbage truck get passed? No.
1: So what they just said-
3: so I'm stuck. Yeah,
2: 10
1: minutes. 10 minutes? 10 minutes.
3: 10 minutes. Yep. I, I recorded him. To, for wait, for the, okay, so to wait for the they concrete. They waited for the concrete
2: to finish getting poured? I don't- I wasn't actually watching the concrete. I was watching him You were filming angry. the thing. How were you- not? I was Where's filming the video? him. Where's the oh, I was- It was on Snapchat. Okay. I was
1: just behind the truck, smelling the, the, the khara from the truck, <laughs> for 10 minutes. Like- you can't ride it better than that. Why are you driving through my whole street? And to go to work, and because South Terrace is peaking, the early part of South Terrace. So I cut through, so I go halfway through South Terrace. I skip all the. Track and road.
0: you jump onto what do you call it? The, the main road. What's the? Why am I forgetting that? Thanks, Google James. Matt. Roos Drive. James Drive. No, I am in Bowl.
1: You
2: imbecile. What's the?
0: No, I get the two confused every time. Henry Lawson.
2: <laughs> Again, he's in Punch Bowl.
0: I mean Punch Bowl. What is the street called? You named The two one streets. that connects um Kenmore Road? Road? Hume Road. <laughs> wow, that was bad. Hey, James who jumped on there and then jump on the yeah, M4. Yeah, get for you. Goose, please, please, please. Why you jump saying? on there? Jump on the M4. From there. It's better than
1: going through Basingstoke. Listen, for someone that drives a long way everywhere, that is top 33 dumbest no, things of ever. It takes you onto the M4. You <laughs> <laughs>
2: go from continue. there. Please continue. Please. I wanted to say that it happened more than once. Because he's like how many times are going to pour concrete on a Friday? <laughs> Just like, in the
1: just in the six weeks I need to drive to Parramatta. Because I usually work from home. But in the six weeks I need to go to Parramatta it's like six concrete pool set for Friday, six a.m.
2: Friday is bin day and Friday is also concrete day. Okay, wait, wait. Have you sold your house yet? No, um auction is soon, a few weeks. Yeah. Fair
1: enough. But yeah, the Uber on the black market, let me tell you.
2: They're making $1 bill, y'all. Dollar it's, dollar bill. it's big money. We have paid off me in the Fanny. A lot if, of houses.
3: If you want to become mates, trust me, I know. Get a high vis get a scooter <laughs> they will love you everywhere you go they'll wave to you like a, hey brother
1: you did this when you lost your license hey eh? when oh, i lost
0: my license how long was that three months no it was only one month one month of but you riding
3: a scooter to work riding a scooter to the train station training it to work so i became friends with every uber driver on the way to the station from my house or from the city to the station and I became mates with every homeless
2: guy on the train.
1: Do you miss it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you miss them? No. Okay, <laughs> Fair
2: Dave, when I um, used to walk home from work, so as a driver tester, everything, all my uniforms are high-vis, so my jacket is high-vis. I used to wear that when I used to walk home. Um, I, th- I believe I didn't have a car for some reason. So I had to walk home. And in that few weeks, I was walking home every day without fail. A past applicant of mine, that either I failed or passed, or I don't know, would drive past and beep at me. One of them stopped to give me a lift.
0: See, I told you. What a life, bro! I just start becoming mates with junkies. Oh, I a scooter. It's all you need.
2: And I did not take a lift of him because I failed him multiple times. So I did not think I was going home. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I got in the car. Yeah. Bin, let me tell you. You thought you were <laughs> going home to? Yeah. yeah, that's what you thought you were going. <laughs> One way ticket.
3: We need more people like you, guys failing people that can't drive.
0: Yeah, but then he fails the people that can drive as well. That's my issue. Well, they
2: were abiding the laws,
0: were they? Approved.
3: Can I say this? When I went for my P's, I should have failed. But the instructor said to me, you obviously have good control of the car. You know what you're doing. You just made a few silly mistakes. I'm going to give you your license anyway.
0: What a different time, bro.
2: I was the... One of the nicest ones there, and that's not going off me. That's going off the instructors. So there's testers that work for the government, and there's instructors that have their own companies. Um, they would say, like, uh, they would tell me how they will want the applicant to get me because they feel like I'm the fairest or I'm the nicest, so to speak. But my fail rate, if I was to guess, I don't tell you, was very easily seventy percent. Very easily. It should have been higher, I think. It could have been, but the Especially thing is, they don't, they don't tell you. So I'm just, rough guess. Do you miss driver testing? I miss it so much, but I'm extremely happy in my current role because there's progression in it. I'm currently uh, in software design. And oh, when? I'm <laughs> better. Yesterday. When did I ask? <laughs> I didn't ask if you missed no, driver no. testing.
0: No, no. He's got to tell everyone his whole life story when it comes to work. Uh, just I, like every yeah. new visitor that walks into the church, they get Goose's whole work history. And they, get, and
1: they get all marsh worries, apparently. What that? What's that?
0: Samsung. I, I, I did aluminium. I never Windows, talk about those.
1: I was in roofs that that for was, a That bit. was in dark times for you. What the milk?
0: Yeah, yeah that was in dark I times for you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, anyway.
2: I, I caught up with my driver tester mates a few weeks ago. They asked me that. And my answer was, I absolutely miss it. If, I, if they asked me to come back, I would. But if I had to choose, I'm happy where I am. This, when you're making progress in where you're at, it's a lot more... Uh, satisfying to you as a person than if there's no progression but you're happy. Well, that's me personally. I guess it depends on the person. Why why do you say
3: that? Because it's… I'm disagreeing with you. I just want to know why you're saying that.
2: I feel like, uh, me personally, I guess someone else could be different. Me personally, if I don't have goals that I'm achieving, I feel like I'm wasting my time, even if I'm having a good time.
0: Even if it's the same thing that you like doing?
2: Even if it's the same thing I like doing, I need to see progression in my life, especially in my career. I need to see it.
0: So where's it then with the career? When like I die. If there's So you have to be progressing constantly. Constantly. Yes.
2: Even if I stay in the same role for multiple years, if I see some sort of progression, whether it's in um, the work I do or um, the financial side, whatever it is, I need to see some sort of progression. Usually it's by going up a role or it could be by the tasks you do. But I need to see progression. And... As a driver test, as much as I loved it, I pretty much hit my peak.
3: But why do you need to see progression?
2: Why? Because I I think I said I answered why. Because I uh, I feel like I'm wasting my time if I don't.
3: Okay, you're not answering the question. Wasting (laughs) your time. You need to see progression. But why? Like, what's what's the purpose of it?
2: What's the purpose of moving up in your career? Yeah, I think it's a it's a self motivation sort of thing like I feel like I've achieved something rather than going into work and doing the same thing over and over again and not seeing results but when I'm in a
0: but you are seeing results though people passing people getting their license
2: the results for them I want results for me
0: fair enough I think I think
3: it's because you want to people want to see their their limits they want to see they want to reach like what their ability is they want to find their potential
0: so okay,
3: if you go backwards, you don't like you're moving further away from knowing how how much you can achieve.
2: You're right. Um, I but me personally, I had this this role is actually a few steps backwards in terms of grade and everything. Sometimes you have got to take a few steps backwards. Actually, but to you're taking
3: forward. these steps back to move forward. In the, in the big
0: picture.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I agree with what you're saying. Is that what you reckon? Look, me personally. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no. He's he like about seventeen. Just yeah, to make times. sure that
1: you know, I'm talking about me. <laughs> oh, oh, we we emphasise sure the sure. me part and then the personally right after. No, that's no, good. I love you. You all right? Arms <laughs> look really big in the light. Yeah, nice, no, <laughs> nice. Tense, tense, happy with tense. Keep the tensing going. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, very good. Yeah, stat, What do you think? I don't think much in general. But no, like I, I see. You're just going Like it's it's I think for you it's always about like always being busy and always achieving new goals, striving for new things to learn always. I think that's what it is.
0: It's challenges. I think if you're not challenging yourself or you don't have like you feel like your mind's not being activated, then
1: Yeah, if there are no goals and you're just you're working like if you're just in a position where you're just lackluster in your in your efforts, then you're gonna be lackluster in your career. Mm. I think it's how much do you want the position that you're you're striving for. How hard are you willing to work for it? And that's that's the challenge in itself. And every single person's motivation is different when it comes to that. Mm. So,
0: Dave, something you worked hard in, and I wanted to bring this up on the potty, um, and that you strive to build and make a thing, is boys' meeting. Okay. Can you tell the people about boys' meeting, how that started, why it started, if they don't know? Boys' meeting or Bible study now? To, because it's,
3: I'm going to take a
0: side topic here. Okay. This podcast. Yeah. Who listens to it? You'd be surprised. The last episode got 170 views.
3: Okay. So it's sort of like listening to Today FM without the the talk back. Yeah. And without the music.
0: Yeah. And without the popularity. Without the comedians.
1: Correct. Well, I Soda. think that's. I, th- I kind of
0: disagree Soda. with the last yeah. one. I, I, I can't disagree with the last I, one now. Nah. <laughs> I Why do you think we brought him
2: onto the show. I consider myself a bit of a comedian. Give okay. us a joke right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on the spark. Go. Think. Give us your best joke. My Best joke? I got one. Okay, give it to us. I think I forgot it. Come back to me. All
0: right. Anyway, yeah. So that's, yeah, no one. Okay.
2: So we, we love you guys,
0: by the way. Yeah, you're good.
3: Um, I don't know who you guys are, but.
0: Neither do we, to be honest. Welcome. Yep. Um. With the boys meeting, mm.
3: so let me explain what happened. About two thousand. Yep. The year two thousand. We were walking down Cronulla. Sorry, I have to. I have to take a step back further. My life growing up, I grew up in a church household, but. I never had anyone that I could look up to that was in the next generation above me. So there was there was these two guys that were at church before me. The, their name were George Abdullah and Danny Ayub. Danny Ayub's, Paul Ayub's older brother. Yeah, these guys were the like they were the definition of cool. If if I could be like anyone at the time, I'd love to be like them. But their priority wasn't Jesus. Okay. It was normal life, and they'd done really well at it. They're they're lovable characters. Everyone that knows them absolutely loves them. They're great guys, but their, their direction wasn't where the Bible was leading. So for me growing up, I was kind of confused in that where... What am I supposed to do as a Christian? And I try and look. The next person up from those two was Pastor Mansell. I've known Pastor Mansell from when he was a kid. Like, And let me tell you, I love Pastor Mansell with all my heart. I could never hang out with him for fun. That's fair. I'm not talking about now. Now I, now I he's probably all right. could hang yeah, yeah. out with him now. He's, yeah. he's a lot cooler than he used to be. But even when he was like I'm talking 12, 13 years old, he'd hang out with the adults and the adults weren't like the old you know, the older guys like now me, Paul, William, Peter. Like he hung out with the Arabs. Their sense of humor is weird, like the Arab sense of humor have you ever noticed they laugh at stuff that's not funny? And then you tell a funny joke and none of them laugh. they're the people he hung out with they're the people he wanted to be with they're the people that you know and I used to look at him and go my mum used to always nag me why can't you be like Mansell I'm like who can be like Mansell no one can be like him he was always a very mature guy anyway so I never really had that example Um, looking around I kind of I don't know looked at the world looked at church looked at I think I um I I got misguided by myself.
0: Why? You looked around and thought that there was something better?
3: No. Not that it was better. I was trying to find out what I'm supposed to do as a Christian in life. Okay. So I'd assess this every day. I'm a, I'm a very deep thinker. I think about everything if if I like for example, Joseph's was scratching his elbow right now. All right. I think that's a nervous thing he does when he's bored or nervous. He'll he'll grab his elbow.
0: All right. <laughs> he's got the muzzy bite. Apparently, <laughs> could, could, bite. <laughs> could be fleas. Muzzy
2: bite. I'll sit there. <laughs> okay. and I'll watch
0: stuff. I'll
3: watch people. I'll, I'll take a look at you know different reactions. I will watch when someone walks in the room, how other people react to that person. Um, if I'm paying attention, I'll pick up on a lot of stuff. And, Maybe even stuff that they don't even realise. Like, I'll say to some people, like, why don't you like this guy? And they're they'll like, I don't know, I never thought about it. And they're like, oh, I don't think I don't like him. And like, bro, you were agitated when he walked in the room. Like, you know what, I don't like him. So <laughs> I kind of worked these things out. Like, I, I noticed these little things. So I was watching people around, and we, we didn't just come to the church, like our church. I went to about four different churches. And I'd visit another four different churches in a month. So I'd watch different Christians and all the Christians that I knew. I can't say that I saw them living for Jesus. They do, but they don't. So when it was, when everything was normal, yeah, no problem. But the occasional drink on a Friday night, the swear word here, you know, if they fell into sin, it is what it is, like sort of a double life. I don't want to say double life, but it was like if something's convenient, they'll do it. If it's not convenient, they got an excuse for it. But they're quick sure, sure, They were always quick to judge. Yeah, like, that was one thing that was consistent throughout most churches. Everyone was quick to judge. So they judge you It's like, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But then you look at their life and you go, well, there's a lot of stuff you shouldn't be doing to it, but you're doing it. Like, why well, is that all right? But what I'm doing is not. And I, I wasn't, I'm not a, I'm not a saint. Mm. I'm, by nature, I think I'm, I'm um, more on the bad side, let's say that. I'm more, I'm more of an angry guy. I'm more of, um, um I don't know how to describe it, but I'm, I'm
2: not. I you're wouldn't psychotic. Describe,
3: yeah, psychotic. Yeah, I you're psychotic. I wouldn't describe myself as a good person.
2: You can say maybe rebellious.
3: Yeah, rebellious, uh, just angry. Anyway, going through life, trying to assess all that, I got to a point where I concluded after years of thinking that, If God was real, then Christians, people that say they believe in God, would at least be trying to live for him. But I couldn't see that.
0: Okay.
3: And I'm sure that there was some, but I couldn't see it. And I thought, you know what? God can't be real. It was at that point that God dealt with me and changed my life. And I basically... 180 degrees and I said, I don't care what anyone else does. I'm gonna do what the I'm gonna do my best to do what the Bible says and nothing else. And I think now my nature's improved a lot, but I don't I don't feel like I have the right to judge anyone.
0: Mm.
3: One thing that I'm, I started noticing or that I I, I realized was that there is no one that young people can look up to. I had no one. And now the people that were younger than me, who were they going to look up to? All they'd never known of me was bad, like not stuff that I'm proud of. So I, I made a conscious decision and I prayed about it. I go, God, you know what? I want to be the example to these guys. And I want them to keep away from the bad examples. So that was one major objective I had was to keep the, the younger boys away from their school friends. Because their school friends, I'm not saying their school friends are bad. In fact, they're prob- probably pretty good guys. But, like Goose was saying earlier, people want to see where their limits are. It's not only that with jobs or ability or sport or things like that. It's also with worldly things. They want to see how many girls they can go out with. They want to see... If they can party hard, they want to see that. Oh, look how much people love me. They they love that. It's it's mm. you feed off that, and I know that they're gonna go down that track unless I can keep them away
0: from their friends.
3: So that became my aim.
0: So that was your driving goal. That well, was my factor. driving
3: goal to keep them away. And so I started telling the boys hang out with me, you know, and I'd, I'd go out on like even if I didn't feel like going out, I'd go out go to some restaurant, do something, bring everyone along. Um, let me tell you, it wasn't cheap. But um, I, I managed to do that for a while. But in 2000, and this is where I was coming to, in the year 2000, we walking along the walkway at Cronulla Beach and there was a few of the guys that were there. There was um, Shari Mcdessey, there was uh, Alex Hilli, there was Abu, there was Stephen, there was a few of the guys. And they started asking questions about the Bible that to me, the general knowledge, like, bro, I wasn't living for God and I know this stuff. How don't you know this? And I'd ask some of the other boys i like, boys, do you know what this is? And they're like, no. Nah.
0: How old are they at the time? Probably about 15, 16.
3: Okay. So I go, you know what, boys? I think we need to do a Bible study. Like, We need to get a time where we sit around and we'll talk about the Bible. And I started praying about it. Um I spoke to Pastor about it. At the time um, David Gussain was our youth leader. And Pastor goes, Yep, I wanna run it through David Gussain. Okay, no problem, whatever you want. So we did the first ever boys' meeting at Shadi McDessie's house, which was next door to the Gussain's house. And um that was on we were doing it um, bi weekly. So we did it there, we had a barbecue, it was a hangout then the next week and we had a good turnout and then the next next two weeks later we we did it again and i'm i noticed after a while people wouldn't know they wouldn't turn up because they go, oh, i didn't know if it was this week or next week so i just didn't didn't come um and you know people were starting to lose interest in, in doing it so at the time like i just saw that no one really cared about it anymore so i said you know what boys we always hanging out at my house from now on. We're doing it every week at my house. Make sure you're there. And it's not going to be on Monday nights. It's going to be on Tuesday nights at the time. So every Tuesday night was we'll a hangout at my house. We do a Bible study. And that's where we went from there.
0: And that has run ever since pretty much. 23 years. Everyone in this room's pretty much gone through that whole ministry and we're still going to it today. That's on a Thursday nights now at like yours. Thursday nights we say 7.30 but we don't start till 7.35 what was the biggest challenge for you doing that all those years Um,
3: it wasn't the Bible study itself like I said my life was totally different to what it is now so if you knew me back then I was totally different to what I am now and that was probably the biggest struggle. In I had to change my life because if I was going to be someone that these boys look up to, then I had to be that. Mm. And I had to – like I know that God will understand and forgive me, but the boys won't. And it's not that they won't forgive me. I'm sure they'll forgive me, but if, if they were in a state of mind where I was at, I'd look at someone and go, see, they're fake just like everyone else. So I had to maintain that walk, not only for my spiritual growth, but to be that example to the younger boys.
0: That's full on, bro. And I think that's something that all of us are learning and growing with, struggling with. I mean, you impacted everyone in this room as well, a lot of people listening as well. And I think that's because, like you said, that whole seeing that they had no one above them, no generation to influence them, you decided, okay, I'm gonna influence the younger generation. And then that generation said, All right, we're gonna influence the younger ones. Yeah.
3: Don't get me wrong. I think God was doing a work. And can I say, right? Like I noticed throughout my life, God called like I said, I paid attention to this and I'd see God's calling on different people's lives. And I don't think any of them ever said no. No one I never saw anyone say no to God. Mm. But what they said was not now. Okay. And now I look at their life. They got like they wanted to achieve certain goals before they did whatever God wanted them to do. They achieved those goals. But you know what? God God didn't wait around for them. He said, Okay, you want to go do what you want to do? Go do it. He called someone else. And he called someone else and he called someone else. And these people that went and achieved their goals, they got exactly what they wanted. And their life is a shamble now. I look at them and I go, like, I would hate to be them. I would hate to be them. And also, I think that like now in this talk, i make it sound like oh, I, I did a lot. of. I, can I tell you, like, like I said, God used David Gussain. David Gussain wasn't even in our church prior to that. It's like he appeared out of nowhere. At the perfect time, God said, come to Faith Baptist. He did. He obeyed. He took on that role as the youth leader, and he was—he was nothing like he is now either. Like now, David is fairly quiet. He's a you know family guy, very reserved. But back then, he was Mister Excitement. Like he'd be running around. There was competitions everywhere. You know, like shout out David G. Shout uh, out to David uh, G. Oh man, no, what done, a legend! He honestly done a marvelous work in our in our youth. Um, and God used him. Also, that was just after like. Uh, Pastor Nabil came and he he took power. He started making changes as well. Mm. Um, And I think a a lot of things worked together. God God worked everything together. So my role, even though like now we're talking about it, it sounds like, oh, you did a lot. I think without everyone doing what they were supposed to do, nothing would have worked out.
0: That's just the church in general, man. It's it's what we do. I mean you look at it now so many years have passed in our church and so many of us have different roles and different responsibilities yeah. within it yeah. and it just shows how each generation if they just say yes to god mate he can do a powerful work throughout all yeah. our, our people mm. yeah.
3: can i say with the the time thing like i think that's very important i think a lot of people not only with with their life but with the ministry they take time for granted mm. like I remember when I was a kid, I used to think, oh, one day I will do something. I'll do this or I'll do that. Now I'm 48 years old and I look and I go, there's no way I can achieve that because I don't I don't have in, enough time left. You know what I mean? Like I'd love to go back to uni one day and, and study psychology. That was always something that I wanted to do. I just never got around to it. And now I'm 48 and I'm... You know, everyone says, Oh, why don't you do it? You can do it at night. It's like, Yeah.
0: Um, how do I spend time with my kids? Because you need a psychologist. I need it.
3: no. I don't think I'd ever become a psychologist. I just want to study psychology.
0: Counseling is good. I'm studying counseling at the moment. I don't want to even do that. Like, I, I like to study it. Oh, you want to go want into to like it. the full science of it? Hey? You want to go into the full science yeah. of it? Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm
3: saying is, if you don't do what you need to do now, if you if you're not taking that step forward now, you're not going to do it. I'm telling you now, mm. life's going to get away from you. You're going to look back and go, "Where'd time go?"
0: And mate Bobby always says, "Pull the trigger." Pull the trigger. I think people need to pull the trigger.
1: Mm. You talk about influencing generations. Mm. You know, from because from the boys meeting that started, a lot of the boys that went. You know, I when I was younger would come every so often. Like, it was my uncles that would come and do the barbecues. I remember yeah, that vividly. Yeah. My uncles would come and... like they, they would just come for the pure fact they're going to set up and pack up the barbecues and, and all that. And I remember... It was... I remember always from a kid, always, you know, we've got to impact the next generation, impact the next generation. And I was one of those kids thinking, well, I'm not going to... I'm 12. Mm. Like, how am I going to impact the next generation? But it was my time I felt to be impacted. And, you know, and it was the people like Abud, the people like Alex, people like Mark. You know, those boys... That would take me out when I was younger, yeah. you know, make a difference in my life and make an impression in my life and to serve God, to honor God with my life and, and to instill that in me from a young age. Like one of the ones I forget, oh, I can't forget, it was Abud, where he left Eastern Creek, picked me up from my house. I believe we went to Harry's in Liverpool to so then drop me off back at home and then go back to Eastern Creek. Meant as a 30 and 40 year old kid, meant the entire world to me. Yeah. And I felt so undeserving of it. I was like, why would he do that for me? I'm like, I, All I do is annoy him. I'm just a smart addict to him. I always tease him at church. I'm always, you know, but that was the idea. And I was i bought How can I over repay you? And he goes, Impact the next generation. That's it.
3: That's it. Can, can I say, like, little things we do for each other? Yeah. We help each other. We, you know, we try right. and, you know, make each other's lives that little bit yeah. easier. That, some stuff you do for someone else to you it just feels like well I'll, I'll do it for them they look at like like state just said like it looks and goes it's everything well, I, yeah how do I pay that back
0: mm. yeah. even that cheeseburger meal that Macca's, like it's nothing it's what yeah. now it's like 7 bucks for it. Yeah. but bro you that's nothing to us it's a cheeseburger meal yeah. but to a kid it's everything man to a teenager that's mm. that's nuts just the fact that you would do that for me sorry
3: can i say something not everybody appreciates what you do for them yeah of course it's that here obviously he's showing appreciation for what did, but i did that for a lot of guys Mm. but not everyone appreciated it yeah you know what i mean Mm. that's
2: that's the worst thing doing something for someone and then for them to turn around and say i never asked you to that is like not only i never
3: asked you to it's like they take it for granted like
0: yeah, like no worries. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So, like, yeah. can you do
3: that again tomorrow?
0: Yeah, it's like, bro, it's coming out of my way to get you. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's why it's important to remember that you're doing it for God at the end of the day. But yeah, that.
3: Yeah, well, that's so. the thing. And and that look, can I can I say, there were plenty of times that, like my wife, my sister back in the day, um, my mother, she'd say to me, all of them would say to me, you know that some of these guys are taking advantage of you. And I'd have two responses. First of all, I prefer that they take advantage of me than I take advantage of them. Like, I'd always want to be, I prefer to be the victim than the aggressor. And second of all, God's keeping count. I don't care whether they appreciate it or not. Like, it obviously makes a difference when they do, but Mm. I really don't care at the end of the day. Like, my whole life belongs to Jesus. So, what's it matter if, they say thank you or not, like mm. I'm still getting more reward from him.
2: Arabs think like that. My parents always tell me if I do something for someone, they'll say, So in English that means he wouldn't do the same for you. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want him to. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't do it for favours.
3: Yeah. I think I think parents worry that we're gonna be taken advantage of and we're gonna mm. become
0: We're not seeing losers. what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're not seeing what's going on in, right in front of us. Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But so I think if you know and you're willing to make that sacrifice, I think that that in itself gets you an extra reward.
0: So then what what pushes you then? Because, bro, like, we've had people, you know, screw us over or, you know, take advantage and move on, but nowhere near as many as you. How do you keep encouraging yourself and saying, no, I'm doing this for God and I'm not going to stop? Because, bro, at your point, like, you've been doing it for years. Anyone would have stopped and been like, enough's enough at Uh, this point? Look,
3: I don't think anyone would have stopped. First of all... Can I say, like, like, Calvinists always say this: the irresistible grace.
0: Yeah, they they call it irresistible grace, and they say, sorry, I'm, say that again. Anytime you turn that way, I can't hear in the mic.
3: Sorry, irresistible grace. Yeah, Calvinists always talk about it, and they say, see, for those that are chosen, they can't resist the grace that God chose them. Mm. But, but I'm, I I'm I believe that God does that. For everyone. Just some people appreciate it and see it for what it is. And I'm, I'm sure, like, in in every one of your lives, if you look at how God dealt with you, you go, mate, God was so graceful to me. Like, how can I repay that? And for me, when, when God called me, I remember it was, you know, I stood there and I go, God, I don't understand. Like, I don't even want my own life. Why do you want it? And I'd already made him the promise that if if he if he called me and showed me he was real, I'll follow him a hundred percent. And it was at that point that like we say we give our lives to Jesus, but I gave my life to Jesus. So right now, it's not my life. I I don't have that choice to say oh, I'll keep doing this. It's not up to me. And it shouldn't be up to any of us. This is our lives belong to Jesus. Like we should be asking permission for doing something that we want to do, not saying to God, I'll grant you permission and I'll go to church, I'll I'll do that for you. I'm not doing like I have to be there. I have to be there.
2: I think there's a certain mentality a Christian gets through a through walking Christian path and I think that comes from the Holy Spirit, which is sometimes you gotta take an ill for God, and it just happens um we mean you had a conversation before, and um you mentioned that you said sometimes taking what we see as a loss, whether it's someone taking advantage of you or you being hard done by um and you know the Bible always says that God's the the judge and he has the final say, but the mentality of you know what. Uh, me accepting this, even if it's unfair, even if it's wrong by the other person I've been hard done by, it's for God's glory. That that mentality, you don't get by yourself.
3: No, and I think the Holy Spirit puts that in you. But you're right. And like I said, and I look at my old life, and that's why like, I, I don't like to judge anyone past judgment because I look at them and I say, as bad as they are, was worse so i i understand all right whatever they did that's between even if it's against me it's like you know what god's gonna judge that it's not for me to judge
2: can i also say i get a lot um of people that say this to me not because of anything i do it's just the type of people that say it and you mentioned it before there's people that um it's like they're not perfect but they are like telling other people they're not as well, which is, and you call yourself a Christian and you'd think that you would get that from unsafe people. I have, but not as much as safe people. They're, that's constant. Yeah, yeah, They they tend to like pick at you and it, it discourages a person, doesn't it? Or like it discourages you like these these are Christians. Aren't they supposed to encourage me?
0: Christians are more judgmental than anyone else. Yeah. They
3: yeah. Are. But that, that's what I mean. Like you you've got to stop looking at, them and their judgmentalism and their their weaknesses, their downfalls. You got to stop looking at all. that's irrelevant. Yeah, I'm um, always giving this example about, um, I think it was Isaiah that that he used to always like. If you read in in uh, in his book, he always says, "Well, unto to you, you you know, your evil generation." You, um, he calls to women cows. He he's like always telling people off, like, "Well, one, you should be ashamed of yourselves." Until he had a vision and he appeared in the presence of God. And then his his woe changed and it went from woe one to you and he says, Woe is me. Wow. For I'm a man of unclean lips. Like mm. you know what? Like I got enough problems with myself, then I I have to worry about what other people are you know what? That's between them and God. They can worry about that. I need to worry about myself. I need to make sure I'm living my life the way he wants it to. And you know what? God's a loving father. If you stuff it up, just get up on the horse and go again.
2: I think there's a few points we could take from that. One, that we try to aim to be like Jesus. So try to follow in his footsteps, be um exactly how it was. I feel like his thirty year ministry on earth, other than to, you know, die on the cross for us, was also to set an example of how a Christian should live. Um but also also as a christian sometimes we don't understand that if we act in a bitter way or act in an angry way that reflects god because as christians god lives in us so how can we be a channel of blessing a channel of um encouragement to other people that person that someone can look at and be like you know what i can go to this person and i can talk to him and i can ask him stuff If, like you said about Isaiah, he was the one that would tell people off and be angry. If we're that type of Christian, how are we going to do the main goal that we've been set out to do by Christ, which is spread the word, if no one would want to come up to us and talk to us? That's
1: a good point. I like it. So a question for you, Dave. How long can you see yourself going with boys meeting?
3: Honestly, I pray about it all the time. Like For me... I don't care for positions. Um, we're talking about you. Always want to try and improve and try and. I, hon- I honestly, I could care less. I think early on in my in my years, I um I achieved greatness in in my career where I excelled very quickly. Um, I I like to think that what what I achieved in my life, very very few people in the world could have achieved, but. You know what, I, I look and I go, it's, it's
2: like Paul said,
3: it's it's all done. Mm. Yeah. It counts for nothing. If it's not for Jesus, it's a waste. So I'm happy where I am. If there's something that can be done for Christ, I think someone's got to do it. And I'm one of those guys that, you know, like I don't like getting my hands dirty, but if no one else is going to do it, I'll do it. Whatever it, like if it needs to be done, I'll do it. I think with boys meeting, God's called me to it. I honestly believe that with all my heart. Um, if if God tells me tomorrow, that's it. I'd kind of seek. I guess, like, God, is that like? Did I understand you right? Is that what you want? You want me to stop? And if He said stop tomorrow, I'll stop tomorrow. But like it's, it's been going twenty three years, and you know, I was checking with Him, you know, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, nearly. And last time I spoke to him then about it, he was like, no. And he showed me, keep going, keep going. So we're still here. I'm ready to pass the baton any time. I don't need... It's not something that I need to keep my role in anything. Um, And if God even moves me on from our church, like if he says, David, your time here is done, I want you to move on to somewhere else, I'll do it, whatever. So how long I don't know we're never going to that's enough
0: that's enough mm. up, bro yeah that's an attitude to have though man because whatever you want I'll do it mm. it's rough but that's pretty much what we need to live our lives for listen last question for you it might be a loaded one but what do you think of Christianity today you said you're a deep thinker you look at things that other people probably don't yeah. Do you see it? a lot of people see it in dire straits, like we're in a bad spot? I don't see it that way. What do you reckon?
3: Um, I'm kind of with you, Ray. I, I think right now we have many Elijahs where we've got Christians standing there going, Am I the only one left? Look at where our world is going. Look at what our society is doing. Look at what my own church is doing. And we're looking and we're thinking, man, it's all going down the drain. But like God said to, to Elijah, it's like, relax, take it easy. I've got 7,000 men that haven't bowed a knee to Baal. Like, there's people out there. And I think you would be surprised when, when we get to heaven and we see how much God is achieving in these days. I don't know if you guys heard, but they're trying to bring in a bill in Israel where they ban talking about Jesus, giving out the New Testament. You're allowed to talk about Islam. You're allowed to talk about Buddhism. You're allowed to talk about anything you want to talk about, but you're not allowed to talk about Jesus. Far out, man. So that's you know Israel. You know people say that God's still dealing with Israel. Um, I don't know. I think that if, as far as um, races go what they're doing is pretty evil for
0: sure alright really. stat anything else you want to add no no not really no I no. felt bro to be honest I felt like a teenager again just listening to his old story
2: mm. it was full on that was
0: awesome Thanks I, that that's actually way. the
1: first time I've ever heard the story really um, from the start I feel like
0: he's told that a few times well I've always come at 9
1: o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I can't sit here and say, oh no, what do you mean? Maybe I was listening. I've just come a lot of time, line nine thirty, sometimes eleven. I don't know why you welcome me into your house still sometimes. I don't know why you
0: welcome any of us, bro. Honestly. You're they, welcome. You're thanks welcome. so much for everything, bro. No problem. Appreciate you, man. Good. where the people find you online.
2: Uh you can find me. just look me up. You'll find me on Insta. Yeah. But hey, when you want to come back to me, I remember my joke.
1: Okay, go Maybe on. maybe in like a couple of weeks time, maybe okay. we'll oh. pray about it. We think if you sorry there
2: was there was a lady that um that gave birth, but she uh, I think she fell into a coma afterwards. She had twins. She had a boy and a girl, and her closest relative was her brother, but he was like the crazy brother, the crazy uncle. Now he could be called an uncle. So they said, well, she can't name her kids. Why don't you name them? So he comes back with two names, one for the boy, one for the girl. He goes, I'm going to call the girl Denise. Oh, that's a great name. It's a lovely name. What about the boy? He goes, I'm going to call him the nephew.
0: <laughs> okay, you got me. <laughs> that's pretty good. All right. <laughs> where they finding you online, bro?
1: <laughs> well, I want to tell a joke because now I feel left out. <laughs> What's red and bad for your teeth? A brick. Anyway... Um, Find me, mate. Find me at Faith Baptist Church, bro. Don't find me online. I'm pretty really? boring online. Just find me at Faith Baptist Church. You, David. Can't, you can't find
3: me. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. Correct. But if anyone wants any details for the boys' meeting or we'll Bible study, now seven thirty Thursday night at Three Shalom clothes, Old Guildford.
0: Well, wow. you you're really putting that out there. Yeah. Welcome. Well, why not? Okay. Um, do you have a joke to tell before we end? I feel like we all have to tell a joke now. I, don't even know if I, I feel
1: as if Every time I've ever spoken to you About something random Or we're just doing something You've always got a joke <laughs> Ready to go that All my jokes would. are a bit long
2: Yeah all my jokes That's are funny. offensive There was only one that wasn't
1: No yeah. i got I got plenty Of non-offensive jokes
3: But they take Like a minute
1: That's no problem We've been speaking for an hour and a half So I don't think At the end of the minute It's going to hurt at all
3: Alright So there's this cowboy
1: <laughs> I know this joke <laughs>
3: He rides into this town, and this town's got a bad reputation, pretty rough town, but he is a big boy. Like, he stands six foot tall, he's 150 kilos, and you know he's got his guns with him. He's not too worried, you know. He rides in, he ties his horse up in front of the saloon. He walks in, orders a beer, sits down, he's having his drink. While he's drinking his beer, he notices people looking at him, even pointing at him, you know, some people giggling. doesn't pay much attention. He goes, whatever, i don't like. Doesn't want to start anything now. Couldn't be bothered doing time. Anyway, finishes his drink. He gets up. He walks out of the saloon. As soon as he opens the doors of the saloon, looks over. Notices his horse has been stolen. Mate, the rage that fills him. He's so angry, at this bloke. He turns around, kicks the doors of the saloon in. Storms in, pulls out his guns. Shoots twice in the air. Everyone in that saloon freezes. They kind of realise, whoop. We picked the wrong guy to do the joke on, you know. <laughs> he just stares at everyone for a second. He just glances at everyone. <laughs> it's so 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 silent in the in that saloon, and he just says, "My horse has just been stolen. I don't care who, and I don't care why. I'm gonna get another drink, and when I finish, my horse better be back where I put him. Otherwise, I might have to do what I did in Texas." And I really don't want to do what I did in Texas. So he walks over to the bar. Before he even orders a drink, the bartender's pushing the drink over with a shaky hand, you know. So he sits there and he starts sipping on his drink. Behind him he can hear people whispering, his chairs moving, uh, doors opening and closing, people running in and out, a lot of commotion. Doesn't turn around not once, just keeps sipping on his drink. After a few minutes, he slams his cup down hard to let everyone know that he's done. Sees that, everyone's song they're all watching him to see what's going to happen he gets up and starts walking through the, through the saloon all you can hear is his footsteps echoing as he's walking out he opens the door turns around and there's his horse right where he put it hops up on his horse he's about to ride away and the bartender runs out and he goes hey, hey mister uh, I, I don't mean to pry but um what did, what did you do in Texas shrugs your shoulders yes. walk time
1: <laughs> <laughs> classic well done it's a classic. Fair enough. Well,
0: ladies and gents thank you so much for joining us for another episode please make sure you subscribe because if you do YouTube's nice to us Dave thanks for joining us thanks for having the chat
2: see you both.